listening to the Refinery Church Podcast. Each message comes from our Saturday night service in Brea, California. We pray these messages will build your faith if and encourage you. If you're new with us, I started a series, a new series, right up here called Heart Matters. Everybody say Heart Matters. Nope, it went too fast. Heart Matters. Everybody say Heart Matters. Heart Matters. That's right. It's, it's a series about the heart. And specifically, what we're looking at is this word. Go ahead. Now you can do it. Honor. Everybody say Honor. Honor. It's a matter of the heart that most of us don't think about. We don't think about honor today in our society. It's not something that, that is, well, when we think about movies where somebody lays down their life as a hero, oh, they lived a life of honor. That's kind of what we think about with honor. But we oftentimes don't think about it for ourselves. This is a matter of the heart, and I'm, I'm talking about it, and I'm glad you're here tonight, and I want to encourage you to come to the next few weeks, because This matter, if we ignore the true principles of honor, if we ignore those things, it it, it results in broken relationships. It does. It, It results in frustrated family life, struggles at work, and a bad reputation. And nobody wants a bad reputation. Nobody goes out to say, you know, I just want a sucky uh, reputation, man. I just, I'm going to go out there and just do the worst thing so I can have a bad reputation. Nobody wants that. Nobody really wants that. Matter of fact, it's been said that a good reputation is more valuable than gold. But, but if we lack the true principles of honor in our lives, it results in bad reputations. But on the other hand, the flip side of that, if honor is part of your lifestyle, if true honor is part of your world, and it's a cultural norm in your life, you'll start to see things turn around. You'll start to see relationships begin to improve. You will. You'll start to, the boss will take notice of you in a good way, right? He'll start to take notice of you and promotions come. It's true. And your home life will get better. Because I was in Hawaii last week, um, these people, man, they just ooze honor. And, and, And one of the things that they do, matter of fact, They did this in Hawaii, and then there's a church in Las Vegas that is a Hawaiian church called New Hope Las Vegas, and I'll be there in a couple of weeks speaking at their church, and one of the things they do is as soon as I come up on the stage, and I've spoken at the New Hope Church in Las Vegas, what, half a dozen times, and in in Hawaii as well, they come up and they put a lei over your neck, right? And then I'm preaching with these flowers around my neck the whole time. It smells so good. I love it. Every time I breathe in, I'm speaking, oh, I smell these plumerias and all these other things. But that's a sign of honor. They're saying, we care about you. We value you. And that's part of their culture that they've held on to. And I love it. I love it. It makes me feel like I want to go back there. Not just because I want to get a lay around my neck, but because they, they treat people with such care, such dignity. It makes me want to be with them because they're people of honor. See how that works? People will want to be with you. Now, some of you go, I don't want people to be with me, so I'm not going to honor anybody. Okay, I understand that. Well, let me, let me tell you, we found out that honor is simply defined, especially if you're new with us tonight. Honor can simply be defined as this, attributing value or showing preference. That's the simple definition, attributing value or showing preference. Uh, a simple example of that is, Chad and I go get something to eat. You know, we go over here to Yard House and we're, we're walking down the street together. And as soon as we get there, I reach over, I grab the door and I can either 
honor him or I can be rude, in my opinion. I can open the door and just step through and then let the door fall behind me and then he crashes into the door and is like, what's up? Or I can grab the door and I can open the door and I can show him a simple act of honoring and let him walk first. Because I believe the person who walks in first always has to pay the bill. That's not true. But I show, I show my friends a, a simple act of honor by just simply opening the door for them. It's a lifestyle of honor because I'm showing preference. Or like I mentioned to you a couple of weeks ago, attributing value. There's this metal that's yellow and it's um, malleable. It's kind of soft. It's, it's used to make jewelry. And I think most of us probably know what that metal is called. What would we call that metal? Gold. You're such smart people. Yeah, gold. We attribute value to this piece of metal that we dig out of the ground that has this yellowish color that's soft and malleable, malleable and used to make jewelry. We attribute value to it. As a matter of fact, today I think it's somewhere around 1200 and something dollars per ounce for gold. We attribute value to that. We honor this piece of metal and we show it honor. Matter of fact, if I had a gold coin in my pocket, um, I wouldn't just kind of leave it around. I would take care of it, wouldn't I? Because it's worth $1,200. I would put it in a safe place, right? Because it's valuable. Well, think about this. If a piece of metal that's dug out of the ground has value that we're going to show care, how much more value, how much more care should we attribute to people who are precious, who are uniquely made, who each of them has a story, dreams, hurts. Couldn't we or shouldn't we be the kind of people that can attribute value to people, to others? How much more so should we do that? The greater, more complete understanding of honor is when we recognize that every single person is a unique creation of God. And when we view them that way and treat them that way, we become people of honor. And there's a blessing that comes from that, a blessing from God. And that's what I'm going to talk about. I've defined, I've talked about what honor is. Tonight, I want to just simply say, why? Why honor? Why should it matter to you? Why should you even care? That's a great question. And that's what I want to talk about tonight. As we look around our world today, and if you take a moment just in your own mind, in the, in the video display of your brain inside your head, think about our society today. Think about the conversations, the unrest, the strife, the pain that we see. I believe most of it is a result of dishonorable living. You've been dishonored. Most of us have been dishonored in some way, shape, form, or fashion as we've, been as we've grown up. And it causes us pain, causes us disappointment, frustration, anger, bitterness at times. Uh, I was speaking to a church member this week here at our church in the office, and we were just kind of discussing kind of the political climate of the United States right now. And of course, that's the big conversations that are happening around most, what we say, water cooler conversations. 
We were discussing how the political attacks are happening to all of our leaders, all those in authority. And it seems like every day there's more and more attacks, verbal attacks. Social media is going after. And it doesn't matter which side or which political party or group you affiliate with. It seems like every one of them are targets by the other one. Isn't it true? I mean, it's, it's so much hate that's happening. People seem to throw hate words or text hate actions at people. And they make these little statements on Twitter or social media. And whether it's true or not, right, they just make these statements about people. It seems like truth doesn't really matter. Anyone can tweet or post a statement as fact, whether it's true or not. And it's hurtful. It's heartbreaking. Truth doesn't seem to matter any longer. Sensibility and rational thinking seem to be absent from our society today. I think we need to go back to the biblical principles of honor where we value people, where we, where we care for others. Because as a society, we're lacking the lifestyle principle of honor. I'm not talking about blindly accepting authority's decisions and turning off our brain and turning off our, our choices. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is truly looking and, and treating people with dignity, with respect, with care, genuine care. Imagine, imagine. If we lived in a society, in a community, in a neighborhood, in a family, where God's ways of demonstrating honor were actually lived out. Now picture that in your mind. See, turn the channel of the images I just described to you, the political, the unrest, the, the hurt, the pain. Now turn the channel and imagine a family, a neighborhood, a community, a society where we were honoring one another, where we were valuing, where we were socially opening the door for each other. And I'm talking figuratively and literally. Imagine. Imagine if we live this verse out on our day-to-day -day basis. Take a look at this one. Kelby, can you put that up? Romans chapter 12, verse 10 says this. Matter of fact, let's all read it together. Let's charge the atmosphere with God's word. Ready? Begin. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Imagine if we could fulfill this passage of Scripture. Just one verse. I propose to you that if we all could just live out one verse, this verse, we could change the world. You could change your world. You could. If we lived out one simple truth of God's word, we could change the world. Because check this out. God has a better way of living. He has a better way of living. His ways lead to life. And the results are better too. Throughout Scripture, we see God ties beneficial promises to simply honoring. 
There are beneficial promises. You might call them rewards or bennies that come from honoring. Matter of fact, here's one. I'm going to give you one because we're talking about why we should honor. Here's one of them. Take a look at the screen. Ephesians chapter 6 verses 2 through 3 say this. And you've probably heard this before. Honor your father and mother. Right? All right? If you're a mom and a dad, you've probably said this to your kids. Hey, the Bible says honor me. I'm your father. Follow me now. Honor your father and mother. And listen, this is the first commandment with a promise. Everybody say promise. There's a promise with it. There's a Benny. And look, it goes on to describe it. If you honor your father and mother, here they are. Things will go well for you and you will have a long life on earth. Hey, this is a twofer. That's what it is. Things will go well for you and you'll have a long life, which is good, right? Because you don't want a long life if your life sucks, right? I mean, God's smart by putting it there. And if you're having a really good life, you don't want it to end. You want to have a long life. So you, you want both. And there's a simple promise. Honor your father and mother. I've watched my father-in-law. His name is Gilbert Placencia. Some of you know my father-in-law and mother-in-law, Pam. They attend the church when they're in town. Uh, they like to travel a lot because they're retired. That's what they get to do. And when they're in town, I love interacting with my father-in-law because he still tells me stories about his dad growing up honoring his dad. To this day, my father-in-law, Gil, is 70 years old, and he still honors his father, who has since passed away, in conversations. And I'm watching my father-in-law live this blessed life. Things have gone well for him. Not perfect. Not pie in the sky, flowery fields, but he's had a good life and he's having a long life. He's 70 years old and healthy, getting to enjoy a good life. Not because he made these huge investments and is wealthy, but I believe because he honored his parents. He's seeing these benefits in his life. But now, I know some of you kids in here are going, wait a minute here. Some of the young people are going, wait a minute, that's not fair. What about me? Well, we can't forget the rest of the verse that also talks about honor. The kids want to hear this. The young people want to hear this. Ephesians 6, 4. Fathers, don't provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. All right? So it goes both ways. How many of the young people in here say amen? Come on, young people. That's right. See, parents, too. It isn't just about honoring those above you in authority. It's about honoring those that you have in your care that you're responsible for as well. See, there are benefits. There are benefits. I'm going to tell you one quick little benefit, little story, a personal story. Um, some of you have probably heard me tell this story before, but for those of you who haven't, let me share. Um, um, speaking on honoring, honoring parents, uh, it was back in 2003. It was Father's Day of 2003, and uh, my family and I were wrapping up our time uh, at church. I was serving on staff over here at The Rock in Anaheim, and I had a little three-year-old baby. Her name was Emma. Still is named Emma, but she's not three anymore. Uh, <laughs> Emma was three, and Rachel was almost seven years old, and uh, it was Father's Day. We'd done all of our stuff at church, and it was lunchtime. We're headed out, and I'm thinking, now it's my turn. We've been honoring dads at the church. Now it's my turn to get some honor. Come on, bring me some honor that fills my belly. That's the kind of honor I want. And so we we're all talking, where are we going to go to lunch? Where are we going to go this, that, and the other? And Rachel, Rachel cheers. She goes, let's go to In-N-Out. And I'm like, oh, I was hoping for a steak. 
okay, ground up steak will do, I suppose. <laughs> and so we're making our way to In-N-Out. And Leah, my wife, um, she says, hey, it's Father's Day. You need to call your dad. And I'm like, oh, that's right. <laughs> Duh, my dad. It's Father's Day. So I, I start to dial, and this was before it was illegal to call and talk on the phone at the same time while you're driving. Uh, still as, it was still not safe, but it wasn't illegal. Um, so I call, I call my dad, and I'm thinking to myself as I'm dialing the phone, I know how this conversation's going to go. Because my dad was older and he's going to talk all about how he went to the doctor and the doctor said, no more monkeys jumping on the bed. You know, no. He's just going to tell me all about his ailments and all those kinds of things. And so I'm dialing. I'm like, okay, here we go. And the phone rings, rings, rings. And my dad answers. I say, hey, dad. He goes, hey, Kelly. I go, hey, happy Father's Day. He goes, oh, thank you. Hey, I went to the doctor the other day, Kelly. And I began to listen to him, you know, and I kind of sadly tuned out. <laughs> I know it's sad, but I was listening to him and I'm thinking about my In-N-Out burger. You know, I'm going to go maybe buy a four by four, get it animal style maybe, you know, extra fries, you know, maybe a shake because it's Father's Day. I'm thinking, I'm thinking In-N-Out in my mind and something interrupted my dream of In-N-Out and I felt and heard in my head, not audibly in the car, the word honor. And I was like, oh, huh. And I just kind of kept going, kept going, kept going. And again, I sensed and felt that word honor kind of float through my brain, kind of getting my attention away from the In-N-Out burger. And then I realized, oh, man, God wants me to to do something here because I've learned how to hear God's voice, and this was one of them. I'm going to honor my dad. So I interrupted my dad. I said, yeah, dad, 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 hold on for a second. I, I need to tell you something. And I look in... Ooh, so I'm tired, so I'm getting a little emotional. I look in the rearview mirror, and I see my girls, you know, in, in their car seats. And I say, Dad, thank you. Thank you for being my dad. I'm the dad I am today because of you. And it went silent on the phone. I'm thinking, oh, no, he passed out. <laughs> and he goes, and I, then I heard him breathe. okay. Dad, I know it wasn't, you're not perfect. I know it was hard when mom died a few years ago. It was hard for you. It was hard for me. And I know you, you did the best you could. And I know you worked hard for us. Thank you. Thank you. Now, let me tell you something. My dad was not a great dad. Now, my dad worked 70, 80 hours a week. I barely saw him during the week. There were a number of football games that I would look up into the stadium and stands, and I'd hope to see my dad, and he wasn't there. It wasn't that he didn't love me. He just threw himself into work. And when we did spend time together, it was usually doing chores around the house. Wasn't a perfect dad. Wasn't the dad of the year but he did the best he could. There were times he would drink too much, and a couple of times I got belted upside the head because I was getting sassy with him, as he would say. He wasn't the perfect dad. But in that moment, I felt God was saying, honor him. And so I said, Dad, thank you for doing the best you could. And I'm the dad I am today because of you. And then he said these words, And he's only, he only said it maybe a few times in my entire life. He goes, I love you and I'm proud of you, son. Oh. 
best Father's Day gift I could get. We hung up and we went to In-N-Out Burger and I don't remember much about that day, but I played with my girls and I enjoyed my Father's Day. Two weeks later, I got a phone call from my stepmom. Her name's Tony. And she says, Kelly, your dad's passed away. Imagine if I had ignored that word honor. Imagine if I just kept thinking about my in and out. But instead, I chose to live a life of honor, to live a lifestyle of honor, and just extend value and show preference to my father. And here's the benefit. Today, I can stand before you. I don't have any daddy issues. I told you my dad wasn't perfect. But you know how we ended? Good. We ended good. I, the last words I heard from my dad or I love you and I'm proud of you. You know, that's a benefit from God because God doesn't want me to carry around a bunch of guilt and unresolved feelings for my dad. So he deposits a little thing in my brain, honor. And the principle of the word is, if you'll honor your father and mother, it'll go well with you. And God's like, just do it because I want you to experience freedom. That's why God says to do these things. And I did it. And here we are, 18 or 15 years later, and I don't have issues with my dad. I can say he wasn't perfect, but things were resolved. It's a benefit. God wants us to have a full life. That's why Jesus Christ came to this earth, people, not just to be a good teacher, but to give us a life. He says these words in John chapter 10, verse 10. He says, I have come that you would have life and have it to the full, abundant. That's what God wants us to have. And when we adopt his ways and begin to walk them out and live them out, we begin to experience those benefits. Freedom. Freedom from the baggage that life can tend to throw on us. Take a look at this, this statement right here. Kelby's going to put it up. Giving honor releases the power and life of God into our situations. When we give honor, it releases the power of God and his life into our situations. When we are people that are living a lifestyle of honor. God is speaking to us right now. Refinery, and if you're a guest with us for the first time, it's not an accident you were here. God wanted you to be here, and he wants you to hear this, that he wants you to experience a full life. And the principle of honor is one of those things. This matter of the heart is tied directly to experiencing that full life. It is. It is. Now, I know we, we don't really understand honor, and, and the kind of honor that the Bible talks about is counterculture. We don't see it expressed these days because, well, because the society we live in says, you want a full life? Then you got to get, get, get. Isn't that right? Go out there and get it. Go out there and get it. Do whatever you can to get it because then you'll have a full life. 
I was driving down the road on my way here and there's, there's the big billboard right off the freeway. I think it's the five freeway that has the lottery up there, right? Maybe some of you have seen it if you're driving over there by the Anaheim Stadium. Like one of them is $400 million right now. And it's our society saying, man, you get this, you'll have a full life. And if you know stories of people who win lotteries, you oftentimes hear, no, not so much. <laughs> they end up being bankrupt and they lose all their friends and family and it's, it's that money doesn't give the full life that we think it will. My wife will always say, yeah, but a little wouldn't hurt. <laughs> Our society says, what can I get from this situation? What can I get from this relationship? We go into relationships and say, what, what are you going to do for me, baby? That's what, that's what we're taught. But Jesus promotes a different way of living. A way of giving. This is how Jesus says to live. And it's the basis of honor. Not what can I get from the relationship, but what can I give to the relationship? Friend relationship, marriage relationship, family relationship, work relationship. Here's an example. Use this as my closing time of what Jesus did. John chapter 13, verses one through seven. I'm gonna read quickly, and maybe you know this story. You can follow along with me on the screen. This was just before Jesus was going to be crucified. It was his last meal with his followers. And this is what he does. Listen, this is the last time Jesus is gonna be with his boys. This is his last time before he's ushered into this period of crucifixion. And sacrifice. Take a look. Before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to his Father. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. I love that. It was time for supper, and the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Listen to this. Je now, this is very important. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything and that he had come from God and would return to God. Okay, so Jesus knew that he had been given all authority over everything. That makes him hefe. That makes him the boss. That makes him the king of kings. And he knew this. So he got up from the table now look at what he does. This is different than what kings do. He gets up from the table, takes off his robe, and wraps a towel around his waist, and he pours water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around him. Pause for a second. That's not what kings do. Kings stand up and wait for the servants to come put the robe on them. Isn't that right? Where's the robe? Where's the crown? I'm the authority. But Jesus does it different. He takes his robe off. He humbles himself and takes the form of a servant. Back in those days, you know, people walked around. They didn't drive, so their feet would get really dirty. So typically what would happen is you would come into somebody's house to see them, and they would have their servants rush over there and wash your feet for you. If you were a wealthy person or whatever, you'd sit down and the servants would come. There you go. And thank you very much. And off you would go. What does Jesus do? He, king of kings, huh, creator of the universe, authority over all things. What does he do? He takes off his robe. And he takes on the servant robe. 
and goes over there and washes these disciples' stinky, dirty feet. He honors them. He attributes value to them. He shows them preference. He didn't have to do it. They didn't deserve that. Verse 6, when Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, <laughs> are you going to wash my feet? Peter was like, uh-uh. Jesus replied, you don't understand now what I'm going to do, but someday you will. Peter says, no, he protested, you will never, ever wash my feet. Jesus replied, unless I wash you, you don't belong to me. <laughs> so how does Peter respond? Then wash my hands, wash my head, wash everything, Lord. Don't just wash my feet. <laughs> he gets, oh, well, they're okay. Jesus replied, hold on. A person who has bathed over does not need to be washed except for the feet to be entirely clean. And you disciples are clean, but not all of you. But not all of you. He's referencing Judas. For Jesus knew he would, who would betray him. That is what he meant when he said, not all of you are clean. But, but listen, you know what the Bible never says? It never says that Jesus bypassed Judas. Jesus knew what Judas was going to do. And he washed his feet too. Kelly, I can't honor that person. You don't know what they've done to me. I can't show honor to, the, I can't show honor to that man. I can't show honor to that woman. You don't understand what they've said, what they've done. Mm? Jesus knew that this man was going to lead him to be crucified. And he takes on this role and washes his feet too. Verse 12. After washing their feet, all of them, he put on his robe again and he sat down and asked, Do you understand what I'm doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you're right, because that's what I am. And since I am your Lord and your teacher, so he's establishing his authority, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. See it? Honor. I have given you examples to follow. Do as I have done to you. Do as I've done to you. I've given you example. Do as I've done to you. I tell you the truth. Slaves are no greater than their master, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends this message. Now that you know these things, there it is. What is it? Read that, those last, that last line. Now that you know these things, what? God will bless you for doing them. Jesus ties the benefit to it. He ties the benefit to honoring one another. See, if we'll get a hold of this principle, this is not just a nice character quality that we see in movies or in the military. It's a lifestyle that Jesus says, if you'll do this, there's blessings and benefits that come from that. There's blessings and benefits that come from it. Jesus had all authority. He knew it, but he humbled himself. He did it to be an example of honor. Think about it. The King of kings and the Lord of lords. James, why don't you come on up here, bro? The God of the universe, the creator, humbly kneels down and washes these feet. He demonstrates to us how to value others. The ones he loved, including the ones 
who would cause him pain. When we begin to live like that, we're going to see the blessing of God begin to erupt into our life and into our situations. God says there's a reward for honoring. He will bless you for doing it. Take a look up on the screen. We're going to skip the next verse. We see in just a few verses why we honor. This is why we honor. Because Jesus modeled it and he said, do the same. Do the same. Matter of fact, there's a passage of scripture where Jesus says these words. He says, you call me Lord, Lord, but you don't do what I say to do. If you call yourself a follower of Jesus Christ, then we need to do what Jesus said to do. And that is to honor one another. Attribute value. Show preference to one another. And the second reason why is because God promises lifetime bennies. Lifetime benefits. Remember the dad thing? Your life will be good and your life will be long. We are praying and believing that Refinery Church, and if you call this your church, you are part of that, that Refinery Church will be a place where people honor one another. Like I experienced in Hawaii, just the simple cultural value of being honored. How beautiful if people were to come into our congregation or come into your home and experience honor. And they would say, man, I just want to go back there. I want to be there. Why? Because I just feel valued. I feel Loved. Isn't that how our society could be if we did that? I believe it could be. Refinery Church is a place where transformation happens and potential is realized. And that transformation is going to happen when we genuinely live this lifestyle of honor toward each other's. We will see relationships restored and strengthened. We'll see success and promotion in jobs, and we're going to see a better way of living. And people are going to go, I want what you got. And you can say it starts with Jesus, and it continues by living the way he lived and doing what he did. Thank you for listening. For more information, check out our website at wearerefinery.com, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram at wearerefinery. God bless.